Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s, on KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. Well, good day to you, Southern California, and welcome to yet another edition of Found Enough Money in the Tills, so we're on another day, right? to the Astrology Hour. Today's a special topic for you. We haven't talked about this for a while, and this topic's going to have a little different slant, because Saturn always doesn't mean something negative in the chart or something painful or some lesson. We are going to talk about the Saturn return today and why some people don't have such a bad Saturn cycle, Uh, meaning those of you with afflicted Saturns, Of course, Saturn being the planet that represents the sum total major block of karma that you are meant to absolve in a particular life cycle. If you have trines and sextiles to your Saturn and it is blessed, then obviously turning 30 will be a lot easier for you. If you have squares and oppositions on your Saturn, do you? Or do you have your chart in front of you? Have you checked? Do you have squares and oppositions on your Saturn? Well, then when you turn 30... There's liable to be a ruffle <laughs> or some transition. So today's show is very important, especially for those people 28 to 30, 58 to 60, and 88 to 90, and also 118 to 120. If I notice there's one guy out there eating yogurt every day who's 105 years old somewhere. Well, I know a lot of you people are having Laker fever. How often is it that the basketball Super Bowl comes to Los Angeles? And I have to say this, I always use Magic's chart when I make predictions. This guy's probably having a serious relationship problem, even a financial problem right now. So I hope his mind is focusing on the game. Heaviest thing about Magic's chart is he's having a sun opposed Saturn tonight. He's having a moon square moon. And the best part is he's having a sun trine Neptune, which could fulfill his dreams. Strange things is having Mercury, Venus, retrograde, and Gemini are square his Venus and Mars and Virgo. And Mars and Pisces is a T-square opposition, that stuff. So Magic's chart is lit up for stress, but doesn't matter because he had 22 assists, I think, the other day and 23 points. So the one thing that I like to let you know about sports, besides being an astrologer, is that in the NBA, there's so much parity that on any given day, any team could beat another team. So I'm saying that even the Indiana Pacers or the Cleveland Cavaliers could come in here and on a good day beat the Lakers. You know, and people are forgetting this is just another basketball game. You got to remember what the Lakers were pointing for all season was to have the home field advantage for this game. And they got it. You know, they're finally down to the last game. Isaiah's chart is lit up for fame and success. He's been getting it all week in the papers. And so's Dumars and so's Sally's and so lame beers. The Pistons are all lit, appearing to be a team of destiny. But the Lakers have the edge because they're playing on their turf. So a long time ago, back in, uh, I think, September, I predicted the Los Angeles Lakers would repeat as the NBA champions. And even though Magic's chart is so stressed, I'm going to go on the weight of Worthy and Byron and Kareem's chart to carry this team. And Magic will probably be one of the best players, although I believe no matter who wins tonight, Isaiah Thomas will probably be the MVP of the playoffs. So (laughs) there's your basketball report. Another couple of things I noticed, as long as we're talking about Saturn returns, Magic Johnson is having a Saturn return. He was born August 14, 1959. And here he is in the seventh game of the NBA championship, having a Saturn return. You notice that his friendly Sagittarian moon smile has uh, suddenly been wiped from his face. He seems to be all business, total serious. He's also actually, in my opinion, probably even converted 
to the sign of Capricorn. There's so much Spock energy around this guy, Spock-type energy, which is the epitome of Capricorn, of course, the Spock force, I call it. But the heavy thing about Magic's chart is that with Saturn and Uranus so close to Capricorn, even though they're retrograde, right, they're still trying his Pluto. See, Magic was born at a time, very, very rare time, occasionally it happens in time, where people in a Saturn generation are born with a major trine on their Saturn. Like most of the people born in 1959 and part of early 60, those people having Saturn returns right now all have Saturn trine Plutos. So Pluto and Virgo, Saturn and Capricorn. So when a lot of them call me and say, Farley, how's my Saturn return look? I will tell them that they are shown success and that they are shown money and maybe fame or publicity because this happens to be a rare generation that caught that Pluto trine to their Saturn, which doesn't happen all the time. And here's a guy, you know, even though Magic's having all of his stress, you got to remember that part of his karma in life and part of his major lesson in life may be connected with success or too much success, right? Because with Saturn and Uranus both in late Sag, trying his Pluto and Sun trying his Neptune, his chart actually does look like he's going to get the fifth ring and at that time have to deal with the weight and the responsibility of maybe even going after a sixth, right? So, you know, that's why I'm saying the important part of today's show, number one, Everyone has a planet Saturn in their chart, and Saturn, of course, identifies your major debt to yourself as far as karmic debt. In other words, what you were meant to do to come back in this life cycle to absolve. What's the big price? Where is the bill? Show me the bill and let me pay it. Okay, I've got Saturn and Leo in the 11th house, so major lesson in life. Leo, 11th house matters, which is family, creative ability, authority. Also, in the 11th house, friends, directions. This is my karma. This is my area of debt. A lot of times I believe that the universe is our reflection of our past. We take a look at our current state, our state of now, and we can actually see our past by seeing how we're being treated. If we're being treated negatively, then that means that we're being treated by former elements of our past self. If we're being treated positively, then that means that portions of our past self weren't that bad. See, what I believe is that whatever you do now in life is a vibration that you send out in this rubber cosmos that will one day come back to you. So if you're slapping people around and pushing them around and yelling at them and screaming them and causing emotional problems and using them and manipulating them, well, one day somebody will do that to you as a return payment of this thing. If you're nurturing them and stroking them and blessing them and comforting them, then someday you'll get that back too. So whatever you sow, you reap. That's how karma works. I noticed somebody asked that question the other day in a talk show and a woman gave out <laughs> a reference number, a phone number here in the astrology area. We talk about karma, we try to define it for you because it is so critical when understanding metaphysics. And we talk about Saturn, which is the lord of karma, the single most important planet that controls karmic debt. Then we are actually talking about why you were born as far as what lesson you must learn or what area you are meant to major in, like college, <laughs> the college of life. So when trying to figure out your debt, obviously, you want to know what sign your Saturn's in. You want to find that. And you want to find what house it's in and then combine the two meanings. The essence vibration of the sign and the essence vibration of the house will show you where your major debt is. Now, there's different levels of karmic debt. Depending whether you have a blessed Saturn, like Magic Johnson has, born August 14, 1959, the only aspect he has on his Saturn, he has a Neptune sextile from Scorpio, Neptune at four, Scorpio sextile his Saturn at zero Capricorn, and he has a Pluto trine Saturn. So he has no squares and no oppositions. So, you know, unlike some people born in late 60 in 1961 that don't have that Pluto trine Saturn, 
They don't have it. They don't have that Neptune sextile. See, people born in 59 have Saturn sextile and trying a planet. In 1661, they still have Saturn and Capricorn. So these people born in 60 and 61 are going to have a lot more trouble with career and success than those born in 59 who appear to be handed it more freely and more readily so. And at the same time, their karma is actually testing them under fire of success. Whereas the 1960 and 61 people, because they don't have the trines or sextiles unless they're coming from other elements of their chart, would be those people who would be subjected to maybe lack of the career and success that they would so desire. I hope that's clear to you. See, like what you got to do is you got to score your Saturn. Let's score your Saturn. And like if you have an astroscope, you want to turn to the third page where it says planetary aspects. And any line that has Saturn in it is a line you want to underline or circle because you want to notice how many aspects you have to your Saturn. Oh, here's a trine. Here's a sextile. Oh, there's a square. Here's another square. Oh, there's an opposition. See, like the more squares and oppositions you have, then the more heavier your payment or your debt or your karma is for your Saturn return. I have one square on my Saturn, Saturn square on my moon, and one trine to my Saturn, Saturn trine my Jupiter, and then I have a sextile to my ascendant and a sextile to my Uranus. So I know, you know, my karma is pretty succinct. It's pretty exact. It's one single square, and it plugs into childhood elements and some of the loneliness I had because I lacked friends. I lacked direction when I went through elementary school, high school, even college. I still didn't know where I was going. So there was that 11th house thing. And then the struggle with my family, how to please them, what to do to please them, dealing with work situations in my family. So at a very early age, I was able to plug into my debt in life, although it didn't become clear to me until I took up astrology and thought, wow, you know, here's my Saturn in the 11th and Leo, and now it all makes a lot of sense. And the funny thing, the heaviest thing about it was that I got into astrology right before my Saturn return when I was 26, I believe, 25, something like that, at 24. And actually, I was fully aware of what some of the options were. Sometimes when you have your Saturn return, which basically means it takes Saturn 28 to 30 years to move all the way around the zodiac, all 12 signs, whereas the moon will go through all 12 signs in 28 days. Saturn takes 28 years. <laughs> Moon goes through a sign in two and a half days. Saturn goes through one single sign in two and a half years. So all these babies being born in a two and a half year cycle have Saturn in the same sign. You know, that's pretty interesting. So a whole massive block of babies come in trying to absolve the same debt. Isn't that interesting how these souls will wait or they'll qualify for a certain birth period and they all come in with the same karma? Of course, it's altered depending on what house that Saturn falls in but they still all have the same essence vibration by sign. So everybody, of course, born in around 47, 48 area in my area all have Saturn and Leo. So a lot of us have a history of family problems and problems with authority figures or people we might work for. And then depending on what house it's in, it'll cross-connect and redefine or be more significant or more pertinent, zero in more on, on what the major lesson is. So I'm lucky, I'm fortunate that I have a trine on my Saturn because I didn't think my Saturn return was that heavy even though I do have Saturn at like, I think, 25, 13 Leo, when Saturn finally retrograded for the last time and made its final pass at 25, 13 Leo on March the 6th, 1978, when I was almost 30, I was 29 and a half. At that day, my best friend in the world died. And so I had Saturn in the house of friends. It was square my moon in Scorpio, and Scorpio can mean death or the passing of something in your life, a transition or a rebirth. And I knew that my Saturn return had something to do with goals or friends because it was in the 11th house. I never knew that it was going to have element of my life, which I was the most obsessed with. 
or something I thought would never even possibly be taken away from me. A 20-year-old friend of mine who actually was like a prodigy and a genius who had run my business from 15 to 20 years old. And then Michael had his accident and through some complications after a few days in intensive care, he died. Well, that was, you know, I was talking about rebirth. I was shocked by that stuff. I've talked to a lot of people, a lot of clients about significant things that would go on in their lives when Saturn does finally return to the birth point. And I must remind you that if you know your Saturn by degree, by house, and by sign, and you're able to zero in on the exact date that it will make its final pass and that degree, then sometimes to the day or to the week or the month that it's on that degree, something in your life may happen significantly. And it's not always a trauma, like I say. See, like Magic is having a Saturn return right now because his Saturn is zero Capricorn and Saturn is 29 Sag. So, you know, the final pass, of course, will be later this year in the next season of the NBA. Of course, Capricorn rules the knees, and you know he's had his problems with the knees. But we can follow people's Saturn returns by seeing what happens to them right before they turn 30. Usually by the time you're 30, it's over. (laughs) So if you've reached 30 already, congratulations. Saturn return is not something to be frightened of, because like I say, what it is, it's an energy that returns to you. Now, obviously, if you want to understand my Saturn return better, then I probably died on my friend Michael in a past life and left him like that, you know, uh, distraught and alone and frustrated, unable to create goals or directions due to that loss. And that was a payback that I had to experience. So, of course, Saturn return is complicated because it's never, ever just one thing. We always have to tie in the sign, the vibration sign, the house, and the aspects. And like I say, the more trines and sextals usually means that we're given overabundance and and it means dealing with the overabundance. And the squares and oppositions would usually refer to lack of or contraction or something definitely being taken from us. Now, in the next segment, I'm going to give some examples of house sign comparisons for Saturn returns. And we're also going to get into specifically aspects to the Saturn. And today's topic, if you can call me, we, we don't we have we don't have open lines now, but if you are turning 30 anytime in the future and you'd like me to zero in on what your Saturn return might be made up of as far as your debt, then you want want to have your Saturn ready by house and by sign for me. And also if you know your aspects, that might help too. If not, I'll look them up for you. This is an important topic because many of us are searching for answers and we try to figure out why we are in pain or why we do suffer. A lot of times the answer to that question is Saturn. There's nothing bad in astrology. What we learn in astrology is we learn roadmaps and we learn angles and we learn directions and we learn vibrations. And by understanding the specific planetary element at birth, we can understand a heck of a lot with this circuit board we planned out for our particular life cycle. So if you are evolved enough to finally plug into your Saturn by sign and house and or aspect, recognizing that if you do have a square or an opposition or a T-square on your Saturn, that your major lesson in life will actually be felt more strongly every seven years because Saturn actually goes in stress or aspect to itself, a stress aspect every seven years. That's why every seven years seems to be a major change for us. Then every 14 years is like a half Saturn return, what we call a Saturn opposition. Then in 28 years, we have the Saturn conjunction Saturn in our chart, which is the Saturn return. So basically, we're being asked by our higher selves and our souls, Farley, are you doing what you're meant to do? Are you paying off this debt? It's getting late in your life here, guy. You're 28 now. You're 29. You're going to be 30. And it's time for you to stop being selfish and stop being obsessed. It's time to alert you to certain situations in your life where your lessons are, where your debt lies. 
And that is why people that are over 30 are so different than people under 30. Remember the generation gap? Hey, <laughs> that, you know, it's not an accident that there's a difference between under 30 and over 30 people because people over 30 have completed their Saturn cycle. They've been slapped upside the head or they've been shown their obsession or a lot of times when you have your Saturn return, whatever you love the most is taken from you. Marriage, friends, career, money, home, depends how much of a risk you make. You know, if you really put your neck out there and you can, I guess you can get it slashed for sure. But the point is that if you know where your Saturn is, okay, let's, let's go over what some of the Saturns are. The first house or Aries Saturn, a lot of times is, is a childhood or a personality karma, or we're just developing a personality or, or absolving some of the childhood pain is an important point. The second house Saturn or the Taurus Saturn would be a debt concerning money and love, either one, sometimes both. The Saturn karma is not that easy just in one or two words. I'm giving you basics. You have to analyze this stuff by house, sign, and aspect and combine it all. The third house Saturn, or Saturn in Gemini, is usually a psychological or communication or mental karma, where sometimes therapy can be needed, or sometimes becoming a therapist may be required. The fourth house, or the Cancer Saturn, is an emotional debt of some kind or a debt concerning residence and security. The fifth house Saturn, or Saturn in Leo, would be the debt with family and with power, and also with uh, children, or lack of, or problems with. The sixth house Saturn, or Saturn in Virgo, would be a debt concerning service, or work, sometimes health. The Saturn in Libra, or the seventh house Saturn, would be a karma, or a debt concerning balance, or lack of it. Partners, basic relationships, love, and marriage. The eighth house Saturn, or Saturn in Scorpio, could be a debt or a lesson or a lack of proper sexual experience or sometimes metamorphosis. Some people are afraid that Saturn in the 8th house or in Scorpio could mean death. No way, no way. <laughs> I did a show called Reincarnation Without Death, and that's the type of thing that happens. More than anything else, when you have Saturn in the 8th house or Saturn in Scorpio, then what you can happen is you can have a rebirth in your life where you are actually different after 30 than you were before if you pay your debt. Saturn in the ninth house or in Sagittarius, which is what a lot of our folks went through recently with this recent Saturn return, is a lesson concerning freedom and happiness, optimism or lack of it. Also, mobility or travel and sometimes higher education or college or dealing with foreigners. Saturn in Sag in the ninth house has a big meaning. Sometimes it could also mean basic concepts, philosophical concepts or lack of them. Uh, Saturn in the tenth house or Capricorn, which is what our folks are going through now, would be a lesson concerning logic and practicality, ambition, career, sometimes being too obsessed with that or too impatient with all that stuff. And Saturn rules Capricorn. That's the sign it lives in. And then Saturn in Aquarius of the 11th house would be a karma where my Saturn is with direction in life. For so long, still, I'm not sure where I'm going. <laughs> Even though I'm on the radio and I'm doing a show every day, a lot of times I'll ask myself, is this what I want to do with my life? Is this really where I'm going? I've been doing this for years. Okay. But be happy with what you got. Don't take it for granted. Okay, no problem. And also a karma or a debt with friends or lack of good friends. A lot of times people will pretend to be my friends, but I always notice when they're around, they're taking things from me. You know, I'm always the one paying the tab. How come they never pay the tab or it's one to a hundred? You know, or do I hang out with poor friends? No, they're not really that poor. Maybe that's my debt though, to treat them, to, to be generous with them because they were with me last time around. But it's strange. That's why I created an aura around myself of my birds and my apartment and my family and myself. It's important to have high self-esteem when you have Saturn in the 11th or in Aquarius because you might not have the kind of friendships you want. 
You might not have that bosom buddy you can depend on and lay back with and put your arm around and give them the keys to your life and say, here, I trust you. Think of that. Is there somebody in the world you can give them the keys to everything you own, your house, your car, your safe deposit box, and say, here, I trust you. Right. Come on. How many people have friends like that? Even your own husband. You have separate checking accounts with your husband, right? <laughs> Real good, huh? This is something that people are looking for, you know. Saturn in the 12th house or in Pisces, your major debt in life could be with yourself or with enemies or with your inability to see metaphysically the structure of the universe. It's like Pisces is like the psychic connection, the interdimensional warp between this plane and higher planes and sometimes Saturn in the 12th or Saturn in Pisces people just don't know it or they don't, they refuse to look at it sometimes and when they find it, wow, what an awakening that is. It's also a lesson in the spirit, a lesson with drugs and alcohol, a lesson with self-destructive behavior or with self-destructive people. Now, those are basically the 12 Saturns. But like I say, there are people out there that have blessed Saturns with many trines and many sextals, and there's different levels of karma. Those of you that have more sextals and trines on your Saturn are not going to have as big a debt to pay. You're not going to maybe experience as much pain turning 30 as some of us will growing up and facing up to our lives and what it's all about when we turn 30. If you do have that square or that opposition or two or three squares or two or three oppositions, meaning that you are really being shown something major here from 28 to 30. How long does a Saturn return last? Between two and two and a half years, you feel the metamorphosis. It's a cocooning. It's like the movie Alien. In the Saturn return, Saturn approaches your sign 30 degrees before it hits your Saturn. You start to feel it. Then when it gets to like 10 degrees before, it's like Jaws, right? Da, 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 da. And then when Saturn comes four degrees approaching, and two degrees passing, you're in the thick of it. But when Saturn's right on top of itself, either during retrogrades or direct motion, and that final pass, then you'll really plug into your major debt in life. You won't have to call me up with a big question mark over your head and go, Farley, what's my major lesson in life? Because you're having a Saturn return today. It's like you're getting audited by the IRS. Or Usually something major comes down that is a total shock, like my best friend dying. Something I never expected had happened, right? Boom. Like blowing out a candle in the wind. History. Relationship over. You know, marriage. and Career. It's weird how things are taken from you. I always compare Saturn to the grand obsession, the grand compulsion, the grand selfish behavior. And if you have a lot of aspects to that Saturn, that part of your life can be ripped from you. And no matter what you do, you can't get it back. It's gone. It's history. And part of growing up, is saying to yourself, this part of my life is over, time to close this chapter and start over. You know, it took me five years to get over Michael's death and my lack of direction from 1978 to 1983. And guess what happened in 83? I got on the radio. That's right. When I finally got over it and let it go, that junk. And I'm an astrologer and I knew all about it and I was totally in control of it, right? Wrong. You have nothing to go on. This is life. You know, this is how the God force works. This is the karmic mechanism of the universe. When it hits, it's just part of life. you got to roll with it. I can't wait to see what happens in my second Saturn return. Thanks a lot, God, right? Anyway, it's like I couldn't be here now or do what I do without the growth I've been through. So I miss Michael, but I know he's in the light now, and I do have some more direction than I had before, so I'm happy about that. Gordon is a supporter of this show. In fact, he's a Virgo that just finished his Saturn return, hopefully, with Taurus Rising. Hi, Gordo. How you doing, Farley? <laughs> Did you relate to the topic? Yes, I did. Okay. I can relate to that very much. So your Saturn cycle right now is over then. You feel better now. 
a lot better. A hundred percent. Isn't it funny? After thirty, it's like someone takes the shackle off you or something. Yeah, the load has been lifted. That's right. Now you have Mercury retrograde in your chart in Virgo. Yeah. Do you have some good things happening this week with Mercury retrograde now? Yeah, my wife's having a baby today. Oh, you gotta be kidding! She's in labor right now. Yes, she is. I just told me to get some food and get your car <laughs> real quick and go back. Is she listening to the show while she's in labor? No, she's not listening. Because I'll say, breathe, breathe. <laughs> you should be there helping her, right? I'm on my way back. Uh, <laughs> she said, where have you been? Well, I had to call Farley. You know, you're going berserk, Gordo. So what do you want to know? Something about the baby? Yeah, what can you tell me about the baby if it's born today? Being born during the NBA championship, right? So if Lakers win, probably be a Laker fan. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, I would think that this baby, uh, having a Virgo moon trying Jupiter, is going to be one of the happiest babies in the whole world. Is there a chance the baby could be born soon, like after the show, maybe? Yeah, any time. Yeah. Well, if you can catch a 1.08 p.m., that's when the moon is exactly trying Jupiter. That's the best aspect for happiness and real close to mother and father, too, uh-huh. which is really good. And we're talking major philosopher here, too. Now, this child is going to be a real whiz as far as mental because of all the Gemini planets. And also very spiritual because of uh, Mars and Pisces and Pluto in Scorpio. I think it's a real special time for a child to be born. I love Moon trying Jupiter. It's one of the best aspects you could have. It should be a little easier birth for her with Moon trying Jupiter right now. Is she comfortable? Yeah, she's taking it pretty good. Okay, we'll get her into meditation uh, during that birth, okay? Okay, I will. God bless you. Call me back when the baby's born. Okay, we got to turn the lake some white light. I think it's a boy too, Gordo. Okay? Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Let's go to Rose now, who is Aquarius with Scorpio rising. Hi. Hi there. Hi. Howdy, kid. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> well, I'm I'm having a good day. I feel fine. I'm very healthy and I'm slender. Great to hear. <laughs> Every time somebody says how oh, I'm doing, I'm going to use my affirmations. Okay. So what can we do for you? Well, I want to go to the topic because, as you can tell, I'm in the thick of it, aren't I? Well, you're one of those people that have the Saturn trine Pluto. Right? Yeah, I have uh, several good aspects to my Saturn, actually. So you're not in that much pain, are you? Uh, well, I think my moon square Saturn's kicking in. Oh, you have a moon. See, now there is exceptions in 1959. Not, not everybody has a perfectly blessed Saturn. Is there a problem with the mother? No, not with my mother. Just, I guess, emotions. Been... Um, emotional things. Yeah. Okay, what house is the moon in? What house is the Saturn in? My Saturn's in the second house, and my moon is in the 11th. Okay, well then, see, I, I had the reverse. I had moon in the first and Saturn in the 11th, so it was close. Are you aggravating yourself over money worries now? Um, no, not money. How about friends and goals? Yeah, that's it. Okay, so you lack the friends and you lack the goals and you're, and you're bummed about it. Yeah. Okay, so what do you think a good directive would be to overcome that? Buckle down. <laughs> well, probably exercise manifesting goals by organizing them on paper and forget friends. You really don't need them as long as you have yourself. See, like, part of the lesson in Saturn in the 11th or in Aquarius or a Saturn aspect to the 11th house planet, like your Saturn square moon, is a lesson in self-esteem and self-love and being your own best friend. That's what I have learned. So I don't know if that makes any sense, but if you can look in the mirror and say, I love you, Rose, and mean it, you got to see how other people could possibly love you. And if you could see that in the mirror, then your friendships will automatically increase. If you don't see how to love yourself or how other people could love you, that could be part of the reason why a lot of people aren't around, because they don't. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay, check it out. Try it out and let me know, okay? Okay, thanks a lot. I love you. I love you, too. You're there every day with me, right? I am. All right. Thank you, hon. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Let's go to Judy now, a Scorpio Aquarius rising. Hi, Jude. 
Hi, Farley. How are you? JG, very good. Oh, I'm fine. You had a Saturn and Scorpio return. Yes, and it was the pit. It was the worst three years of my life. My God, did you have a rebirth after that? Um, I don't know. Did your sex better? Did your sex life improve finally? Yes. Okay, so you were probably lonely and celibatized during that period. Yes, I just sat around and stared in the house for days without going outside. Saturn and Scorpio people can be real reclusive, and they're experts in hermitizing themselves. Yes. Like brick walls built around you sometime. Actually, I'm calling being selfish. I need a general... <laughs> Gosh, now that's not... At least you admitted it, you know. Because I am so stressed and oh. life is so rotten right now again. I don't know why. Oh, my gosh. Better shake that stuff up. Maybe it's because you have a dose of Scorpio in your chart. I have so much Scorpio on my chart, you wouldn't believe it. Mercy, right? Yeah. God, you need to go hear some real naughty comedian somewhere probably. Get that stuff out. Now, um, let's see. I think the best thing I can zero in on here is that you have so much bottled up. It's like a pressure cooker that hasn't been released near enough. How much emotional processing have you done the last five years? Have you done enough crying? Have you done enough laughing? Have you done enough shaking? Have, have you done enough expression of emotions? Yes. <laughs> you have. So you're still frustrated. You need to do more then. I don't, gosh, I don't know how to, how to help with those. It seems like the people around me keep getting farther and farther away, and, and the more I need them, the farther they go. What is it that you want so much that you can't have? Happiness and security. Why is it so hard to have happiness? What will make you happy? I guess for people just to... Okay, now wait a second. Hold it. Yeah. You just gave me the answer. What? People. Yeah. You know, like that's not the way to find happiness. I mean, there's nothing's going to make you happy outside of yourself. That's true. See? So if you keep asking yourself, Judy, what's going to make you happy? And the answer is outside of yourself. That's why you're depressed. Uh-huh. Only thing that's going to make Judy happy is Judy, in my opinion. Okay. Does how that... do I do that? Well, you have to take the time and have a relationship with Judy. Like I have a relationship with Farley. That goes back many years. Some people think you're crazy if you talk to yourself. I do talk to myself all the time. Yeah, well, do you like yourself? No. Well, we're starting to plug in on the foundation or your depression here, Judy. You don't like yourself. Do you like the way you look? Do you like your face? No, I hate it. How about your hair? I hate it. Your nose? It's too big. How about your body? Well, it needs improvement. Oh, Judy, come on. You're, be <laughs> you're being a little hard on yourself here. I I'm starting to understand why you're so miserable. You might, you know, need a little therapy, uh -huh. uh, number one. Number two... I tried that, Farley, but you know what works better is your Barbara Streisand record. You mean memories? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> memories! <laughs> well, I cry with that, too. No, but what you really need to do is sit down and make a list all the time of a 100 things that you like about Judy. If you have trouble making that list, that's why you're depressed. Oh. In order for you to be happy in life, you must love yourself with humility and with selflessness and with a, a godliness that is protecting. Uh -huh. And then people will come to you like a magnet. This is how we build charisma, through self-esteem and self-love. Do you have my life improvement guide? No. Order something, and then put an X on it and circle it, and we'll give you a life improvement guide, and that'll help you. Okay, thanks. Now, you love yourself any better after this call? I feel better. How am I supposed to love you if you don't love yourself? Do you think I want a woman in my life that doesn't like herself? No, I don't think anybody does. Do you want a man that hates himself? No. Let's be logical, okay? Okay. Is that better? Yes. Okay, have Thank a nice you. day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Ooh, I'm, I'm starting to feel a little bit like a therapist here. I'm going through a metamorphosis here. We have the attractive Marilyn Chambers answering your phone calls. Uh, she's double cancer Pisces moon. She knows it. You know, what you, you know, if you're double cancer Pisces moon, it's one thing. But when you're double cancer 
Pisces moon, and you know it. Whoa, sensitive. <laughs> okay, that's why I'm always nice to Marilyn because people be giving her a hard time. I know how vulnerable she can be. She got Saturn and Scorpio to boot. So, Marilyn, have you learned a little thing about astrology in the last four years? Right? She goes, yeah. Okay, let's go to line number six now and talk to Julie Pisces Leo rising. Hi, Julie. Hi, Farley. How are you today? Oh, extremely healthy and happy. Well, I have a question. I just turned thirty, as you can see, a few months ago, and I've been going through total hell. <laughs> and I just kind of want to know what's going on. Saturn return over with now, or so you enjoyed the topic? I take it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, totally yeah, right. actually, it really is because when Saturn fa- passes your birth point uh-huh. for the last time and actually goes direct motion. Yours is 24 degrees, I think, right? Um, I don't know. I, I know my chart, but I don't know what degree. Okay, it appears to be 24. Uh-huh. The unusual part about people that are, had Saturn returns from 1958, right, is that Saturn is doing something very abnormal this time around, and it's going retrograde all the way back to 26 degrees. Mm-hmm. So even though your Saturn return is really past, right. it officially isn't over until Saturn is 2 degrees past your Saturn, and like I said, with it, with it retrograde, 26 uh, Sag in August, uh-huh. you'll finally be over its final effects, oh, probably by this fall. Yeah, because I just split up with my husband, and I'm on my own, and I, I can't find the right job, and everything's just hell. <laughs> yeah, well, see, you're being asked to let go of all these things and create new ones, and part of the pain also for you may be not having a strong enough relationship with yourself thinking that other things and other people would make you happy is like an illusion. Right. Okay? Uh-huh. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bless you. Bye. Okay, let's go to another caller, Kathy on Line 7 at Gemini Scorpio Rising. Hi, Kath. Hi, Farley. How are you? Very good. Thank you for being patient. No problem. I wanted to thank you for being so loving and sharing with us, you know, wanting to let you know personally that I appreciate it. Why, thank you. I'm going through some problems with personal relationships, and then on top of that, I'm leaving town to go to Europe for part of the summer, and I wanted to know what you saw. You have Mars and Uranus together in Leo. You know that? Right. And it's right over there around 23, 24, something like that. Exactly. You know where Jupiter is right now? It's in Taurus, Uh right around 23. Okay. So you are having a Jupiter square Mars Uranus, which is very painful. When you have a relationship and you have a square from any planet, it's hard. But because Jupiter is so huge and forceful, it tries everything it can to blow you apart. It's something that will pass. Uh But at the same token, when Jupiter squares your Mars Uranus, you would require a lot of space from a mate. Uh Because trying to keep things current and stable could be kind of touchy for you right now. Mars and Leo women are very stubborn because they don't like to let go sometimes. Right, that's true. So uh, that could be part of it for you. Maybe letting go could be part of the answer. I've known women with Mars and Leo take years to let go of relationships that are totally wrong for them. That's very true. Okay, hon, good luck. Thanks so much. Bye, and enjoy Europe. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I would like to thank all of you for supporting the show and joining with us to keep us on the air here. We'll see you real soon. Weekdays on KFOX at 12 noon. Bye-bye.